Morning, church. Morning. How are you this morning? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Those buckets are going by. If you have your Bible, open to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, as the announcement said, we're coming on our national uh, day of prayer, the first week of May. And uh, many of you know there's, there's just uh, many, many different things going on. 1 Timothy chapter uh, 2 and starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore I exhort that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And, uh, you know, as Alan just talked about positioning, for us as believers, one of the uh, best positions that we can be in is in a position of prayer. Our outlook, how we view things, no matter what we hear, what goes on around us, is really to view things from our position of prayer and the confidence that we have as uh, men and women of God, that we are in a position that we have authority in the name of Jesus to begin to pray and to see really what God has planned. He says that we pray for all men. Uh, Verse two, it says, for kings and all who are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good, everybody say good. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. What's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior? That we pray for kings and those who are in authority so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Why? Because God desires that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. And so as we are positioning ourselves really to move forward and to pray for our leaders and all those in authority, sometimes it's good to just get some information and understanding about what is going on and uh, what we're praying concerning. And so, uh, where's that microphone? And so um, we're going to take a few minutes this morning, and Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's going to come up and share a few things with us and uh, some things that we can be praying about uh, concerning our leadership and our government. So give her a hand as she uh, comes to share with us this morning. There you go, Lauren. Well, good morning, church. It is such an honor to be with you all today, to be with the body of Christ, because this is what's making a difference on earth. You and what you are doing and what you are participating in right now is what is changing nations, what is changing hearts and lives and people. The anointing of God is upon each and every one of you. And that anointing isn't just so you could sit in a seat on Sunday. That anointing is so you can go out of this building and reach a lost and dying world, so you can deliver the captive and set them free, so you can lay hands on the sick and heal them, so you can preach the good news, tell someone the good news that God is not mad at them, that God loves them so much that he sent his son for them, and it is finished. We have the victory in Christ. Here is where we come to be equipped. We have the greatest pastors that have been given to us by God, handpicked, but they had to be obedient in that call. They had an opportunity when God called them to this place to accept that calling and to say, God, I will go where you're calling me to and I will do whatever you want me to do. And because of that, we are all experiencing what God is calling us to. The mission of this church is to save the lost, establish the saved, train them up and send them out. You are here right now to be trained and established in the word of God so when you leave this place, you can share that message with everyone that you come into contact with. And it doesn't have to be super spiritual and out there, but just connecting with someone and letting them know how much you care in this time truly can make a difference in someone's life. We are called to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. We come here and we hear the word. Faith comes by hearing that word. But what are we going to do with that? Church, I know that what's on the inside of you is for this time. It's not an accident that you are here right now. 
God has put gifts and callings on the inside of each and every one of you to reach your sphere of influence in this time. Through what I've been experiencing in the past couple of years, I know now more than ever that God is calling Christians to places of authority, to tables where important conversations are being had, where decisions are being made that impact millions of people. The world is searching for answers. And you have the creator on the inside of you. You have the answers that they are searching for. So when God calls you, don't argue with him. Or if you do, get over it quick. I still argue with God. Actually, I love, I love Moses' relationship with God because he argued with God a lot. Moses would, would go to God and say, God, these people, your people, look at what they're doing. They're stiff-necked. And God would look at Moses and say, what are you talking about? Those are your people. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but there's an anointing on you to reach the people that are around you. And in this place is where God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. So when you get there, you can occupy everything that is coming at you and not be overcome by it, not be occupied by that situation. And something that Pastor Mark told me when I was elected to be your representative, he said, remember the anointing of God will take you farther than your character can ever keep you. So in this time, it's important to position yourself and remember why you're doing what you're doing. I'm here because I love God and I love people. I love our country and I want to see success in everyone's life. And it's not always pretty, that's why you have to have tough skin and a tender heart. And remember that God views people through the cross, through the death, burial, and resurrection. He's yearning for them. The Bible says that the Spirit of God yearns jealously for us. And he wants people to come into his kingdom, to partake of his goodness. We've been put in right standing with God. What an amazing time to be alive, to be participating with the very plan of God. Now there are two things that, that happened when Jesus was here on the earth, walking about, that have always struck me. He marveled only twice. Jesus marveled at unbelief and that's easy to understand. There's a lot of times that we can doubt what God is saying, doubt what we are seeing, get into unbelief. Even after we have seen exactly what God is able to do, what he is willing to do. But Jesus also marveled at great faith, at someone's belief. And in this position, that you've entrusted me to be in, I understand that so much more now. The centurion had delegated authority. The centurion went to Jesus because his servant was sick. Jesus said, I'll come to you. I'll come to him, I'll go to your house, I'll pray for him. And the centurion said, I'm not even worthy that you come into my house. Just speak the word and my servant will be made whole. Some say that the centurion wasn't the centurion at all. He was another servant. But that delegated authority actually gave him the position of the centurion himself, of the leader, the master himself. Jesus marveled when he said, speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. So I want to encourage you all today. We know not to limit God by our doubt and unbelief, but don't limit God with your ideas because he can still do exceedingly, abundantly above 
all that we could ever ask, hope, or imagine. Smith Wigglesworth said that nothing, there's nothing impossible with God. All the impossibility is with us when we measure God by the limitations of our unbelief. There is nothing impossible with God. And when Jesus marvels at someone's faith in the spoken word, how much more should we be looking at what we are saying, what's coming out of our heart, what we are speaking, who we are agreeing with. You can look to the news and see chaos. You can see crisis. But what are you declaring over that? The Bible says, declare a thing and it shall be established. We have the victory. Declare that victory over these situations rather than exalting what the enemy is doing, rather than magnifying that, placing truth on that. It's incredible. I have seen the tactics in the earth of identifying. If only the church could grab a hold of identifying who you are in Christ. Because that identity is far greater than anything else. I have seen so many things called one thing that are not what they really are. Well, Jesus, right there in the Bible says, call those things that be not as though they were. When is the church going to grab a hold of that and start calling things that be not as though they were so we can see success, prosperity, healings, deliverance, the captives set free? This is what I want declared in the earth. Now, I want to share one testimony with you. I didn't want to come up here and, and talk politics, but I, I do want to tell you one testimony of something that I saw in the, in the Capitol. There are righteous men and women who are there because they love people, they love God, they love our country. They weren't drafted into this position. They believe they have what's on the inside of them to do a good job for the people who elected them. In Texas, we saw a heartbeat bill be passed. This bill is currently today saving thousands of lives. Well, in the House of Representatives, there was a bill that came up and it was to legalize full-term abortion nationally. Every state would have to accept full-term abortion. Now, I was frustrated, and I went into the House chambers when this vote came up, I put my card in, and I voted no. Shook my head, said, I can't believe this, and left. But there was another member of Congress who did something that was so incredible. The entire time that vote was taking place, it was somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes, that member of Congress got on his knees in the House chambers and out loud he prayed. And he interceded on behalf of these children. And he said, God, show me one colleague from the other side who will stand for life. We don't have the numbers to stop this, but show me one. On that day, there was not one. But I heard that story and I went to him. And I said, Congressman, your prayers were not in vain. The word of God is full of life. It is powerful. It accomplishes what it was sent to do. It does not return void of power. And I believe you will have an inheritance from that prayer that you prayed. Well, I'm proud to say, February, that bill went to the Senate for its final passage. And there was one member from the other side of the aisle that voted against it. And rather than babies being killed, that bill was killed. I say that because I don't want you to feel like you can't do anything. Prayer is so powerful. God is calling us to participate in so many levels. Whether that's at home praying, going to a meeting, and having your voice be heard, Right now, we need every member in their place. We need you to position yourself to do the will of God. 
God can work and will work with any one of us. As Mark Hankins says, God has a reputation of working with some real losers and turning them into victors. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but we all have a part in this. And when things look impossible, remember, Moses stood at the Red Sea with the Israelites, the enemy coming up behind them, looking like there was no way of escape but God. God looked to Moses. He didn't say, watch, I'm gonna do something really cool. I got this. God looked to Moses and said, tell the people to go forward. So remember, God needs you to move forward, to participate with him, to accomplish his will. It's such an honor to serve you, to represent you, and to worship with you in the greatest time of our nation's history. God bless you all. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you, Pastor Tasha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just stay up here for a minute. Jason, why don't you come up here? I know you're just standing there to help her down the steps. Praise the Lord. You said, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought she was going to come and tell us what we could pray for. She did exactly that. Yes. Praise yes. the Lord. So even that testimony uh, where, you know, a congressman, sometimes we just watch the news and we think everything is just crazy, but God is positioning people in places. And so we need to pray for everyone in authority. Uh, that God begins to work with them, but pray for those. And again, exhorting you all to take your place. That's what we've uh, done over the period of time. And wherever you are, you have an influence. And so he hasn't called everybody to be in Congress. He hasn't called everybody to be in Washington, D.C. or the state capitol, but he's called you and positioned you where you are to stand for righteousness. And your battle will be significant for where you are. And Lauren's battle is significant for where she is at the moment. And so uh, why don't you all stand up? We want to pray for them. The Bible says that we should pray for all those in authority. And so as we see this couple standing here, again, you'll be praying uh, for Lauren, but they're in this together. And uh, uh, Jason and I have talked and, you know, he's, he's got a job. At the same time, all the things that swirl around have to do with both of them to be fully equipped to have the wisdom of God, uh, to be sitting at those tables. We've said this very often at different times. Uh, you know, when you receive the love of God into your hearts, the Bible says that through that understanding that I'm filled with the fullness of God, and in that understanding that then God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever asked, hoped, dreamed, or thought. And sometimes we think, well, I can think about a million dollars and I can think about this, but sometimes we never think about, and I'm sure, when Lauren was in Bible school and when she was just coming to church and learning about the things of God, she wasn't thinking, I'll be sitting in the nation's capital. I'll be standing before presidents and leaders of nations. But when you accept the call of God, when you accept the love of God, he will position you in places where you, it's beyond what you could ask, hope, dream or think and he'll have you standing before people you never thought you would stand before he'll have you in places that you never thought you would be before because your life is significant and has purpose and we can never compare ourselves with others because wherever God has called you to be is significant and the influence that you'll have with the gospel and the goodness of God and with righteousness and decisions to be made about what is right and just is critical. And so as we pray, we're going to just pray for them. But to encourage us, even as we go into uh, the next week and praying for our nation, there are critical things that need to be prayed about. There are things that you'll be bombarded with as you watch the news trying to figure it out. But that's our place in prayer is God always knows. When we're praying in the Spirit, He always knows what needs to be prayed for and equips us to pray the will of God concerning the saints that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So let's pray for them this morning and really as we do, a representative of all of our representatives, all of our leaders, uh, right, so that they can uh, really lead in a way of righteousness and truth and strength 
that we as a people might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And as a, a leader in the nations of the world, that our leaders would make decisions that would begin to affect the whole world and the earth that we live upon, the nations of the world with righteousness and truth and with justice. Amen? So stretch your hands out here. Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray for Jason and Lauren, Father God, that the days that are ahead of them, Father, you already know the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And so we pray that supernaturally your anointing will come upon them, that you'll strengthen them from the inside out. Father, with all that comes from the outside, I thank you that there's a greater power that is on the inside of them. You called it a treasure that is within them of earthen vessels, that the power may be of God and not of them. That when they're hard pressed on every side, that power causes them to not be crushed. That they can stand up firmly and know that they're standing for something powerful. They're standing for righteousness. God, help them in the words that they speak and the wisdom that you give them. That they'll articulate in such a way that will penetrate to the hearts of men and women. That it'll even bridge, as that congressman prayed, that it'll begin to bridge to what we call the other side of the aisle. And there'll begin to be decisions made between uh, those who are on one side and the other. They'll collectively begin to come together and make decisions that are right for the people of our nation. So God, strengthen them, equip them, give them wisdom and understanding, join them together like never before. God, I thank you that where you have Lauren position, Father God, that she'll speak words of righteousness, that her stand that she takes will not be one that will be represented wrongly, but it'll begin to be the stand that we see is right, that lives will be saved, unborn babies will be saved. I thank you, Lord. Lives will be changed. God, there will be a righteousness that begins to return to our nation to be a beacon of light in the world. So strengthen them and equip them. Anoint them with your anointing and your power to do what you called them to do. That we all might lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. God, we thank you for the call upon their life. We thank you for guarding and protecting them. Angels, Guard round about them wherever they go, keeping them in all of their ways. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thanks for coming, exhorting us this morning. Praise the Lord. Give her a hand as they're seated. Y'all can remain standing. We're going to worship God just a little bit more before we bring the word to you.
gone from age to age The word may pass away Your word remains the same Your history can prove There's nothing you can do You're faithful and true Though the storms may come And the winds may blow I'll remain steadfast And let my heart burn When you speak a word It will come to pass Great is your faithfulness To me Great is your faithfulness To me From the rising sun To the setting same I will praise your name Great is your faithfulness To me
glory to God. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for you are good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Your faithfulness is to all generations. When we're faithless, you are faithful. You will never ever deny yourself. If you've said it, you will do it. If you promised it, you will perform it. And we thank you that we can put our trust in you for every promise that you ever made. You performed it, you brought it to pass, and you said yes to every promise when you sent Jesus to the cross. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, you declare that every promise that you've made has its yes and its so be it in Christ. That what you promised us concerning a fullness of life, a relationship with you, a covenant with you, that everything that you have would flow into our lives, that we would be filled with the fullness that we needed to be fully filled and fulfilled in life is all as we are positioned in Christ and understand our identity and what you did in Christ to engraft us into yourself, to baptize us into that relationship with you that we might be fully immersed in all that you have and all that you are, that we may be fully immersed in your power and your presence, that we might experience an outflow of your loving kindness, your goodness, your meekness, your joy, your peace, and your faithfulness. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb that is sprinkled upon that mercy seat even now. We thank you that it is never, ever, ever ever lost its power to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole and to prosper our lives. We thank you for the blood sprinkled for us that when we've missed it, we've fallen short. You are still faithful as we come and we bring our mistakes to the mercy seat that place where your blood is sprinkled, your mercy triumphs over judgment and restores us into right standing and gives us grace to help us as we go through our times of need. We thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. Lead us, guide us, and teach us. Thank you for doors of utterance to be opened. Help me to speak as we ought to speak. Cause the hearts and lives of people to be encouraged for the day that we live in, strengthened and equipped to go out and fulfill everything that you have called them to do. And we'll give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and all the thanksgiving for what will be accomplished in every heart and in every life by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone who agreed said, amen. amen. Good morning once again, church. Good to see you this morning. Look at somebody next to you and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can be seated. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online today. We are glad that you are with us today. Meeker Campus, we are glad that you are with us this morning. Why don't you all look at the camera. Give Meeker Campus a big hand. We're so glad that you're here and joining us today. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, two messages today. And so we have been talking about our foundations, building a life that lasts from Hebrews chapter really 5, 12 through 6, 1, where it says that we really, you know, we should be teachers by this time. We should be sharing our life and what God has done for us and with us with others. Uh, but many times we have not really embraced what God has said. We've not really embraced that. So he said, you know, there's a place where we begin to build or we go beyond the elementary or first principles of Christ, not leaving them simply behind, but knowing that they're foundational and you can't build anything of, of real strength to weather the storms of life without a foundation. And so we've been talking about those foundations. And, and so, you know, as I was preparing this morning and last night uh, for the message and, and uh, all of a sudden something else came into my heart that's very foundational. So I've been weighing which one to, to go with. And so I'll just tell you tonight, we've been in evening services, we've been going through the book of Romans, uh, which the book of Romans will always be there. And so, um, but uh, tonight we're gonna take up with the, uh, the foundation 
foundational principle of the laying on of hands. And so you'll want to be here. I believe that, uh, again, you may think it's nothing, but it's listed in these six foundational principles uh, uh, of the Bible. And laying on of hands is so important to understand in the day that we live in. So I encourage you to be here tonight. But this morning, I wanted to just share with you for a few minutes something really I shared with Bible school a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's, it's really basic. It's foundational. It's part of the foundational principles that would go along with faith in God. But I believe that there's just a perspective that we can look at that will help us a great deal just in, in the moments that we live in, the times that we live in, uh, the positioning that we have and how we begin to look at those things. But open your Bibles with me to um, Psalms 107. Psalms 107. I want to talk to you a little bit about the power of the word. You know, the, the, the first principle that we talk about in foundations is repentance from dead works where uh, we understand that we're going our own way. We're trying to achieve for ourselves whatever it is that we think will fulfill us in life. We're doing it of our own effort, our own works to say, look what I've done and what I deserve. But we can never get to the place where we're fully filled in life. We weren't created that way to be fulfilled by what we've done but in relationship with God. So we turn from our way of doing things and we turn towards, he says, repentance of dead works and faith towards God. And so we come into that place where we have faith towards God or faith in God. And that faith in God, really that word pistis, it means a number of different things. It means to trust, it means to believe, but it also means a conviction of the truthfulness of God and his word. Right, And so when we begin to believe in God, we say, you know what, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that God exists. Well, there's a faith in believing that God exists, but the Bible says that without faith, in, in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must first of all believe that he is. But then he says you have to go beyond that and believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So to believe that God exists, James says this, even the demons believe that God exists, but God is looking for somebody that believes that he exists, but also if he exists, then he is the true and the living God. So then what he says, we are convinced that what he has said is true that what he says carries the impact of him being God, Amen. right? So I believe that God exists. Well, then we have his word. If God exists and God is God, then God has seen the beginning from the end and what he's speaking to us speaks from beginning to end. His words are eternal. They're spirit and their life, right? Even though heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, my words will never pass away. So his words have living impact from beginning to end. And because God knows beginning to end, when he speaks something, he's not just speaking about our past, he's not just speaking about our present, but he's also speaking concerning into our future. And so often we're short-sighted and we begin to say, thank God, uh, he forgives me, so I'm thinking about my past. God speaking of my past is forgiven. But whenever he forgives your past, then he's saying, I'm forgiving your past because today is important to be released from your past. And what you experience today in being free from your past isn't just about you feeling good today, but it's readying you for what is in your future. God is always speaking to release you from the past so that today you can be equipped for something that takes place in your future. Come on. And so we get temporal-minded and we begin to think this is about my today or we have a great day today, but then tomorrow, you know, we're like, wow, I was on this super high today and then tomorrow and we're riding like this. But God says, I have a plan for you to always continually be moving forward. And even though the enemy is there, say, God, why is this happening? I didn't see this coming, but God did see this coming. And God spoke to you in times past about a day that was coming. But we didn't see that day coming. But that's why we have to believe that God is. And that when God speaks, he knows our past, he knows our present, and he knows our future. Because as Alan said, God is working in our position, not our position that you have status, but where you are positioned 
in the plan of God is very important. So God is always trying to position us from where we are so we're positioned correctly. We're looking at just where we are today. And God, could you give me some relief today? Could you do something today? And God says, I'm not just looking at your today. I know you are, but I'm looking at what's going to take place from the decisions that you make today. And so I've given you my thoughts. I've given you my word so that in obeying that today, you are positioning yourself for tomorrow. And so he says this in the 107th Psalm. He said, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. (laughs) That's usually when we cry out to God is when we're in trouble. Praise God. That's the privilege of prayer is we get to come to God in any situation. We get to approach him. We throw that. They cried out to him in their time of trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Now listen to this. He sent his word and he healed them. Somebody say he sent his word. Come on, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Come on, because he sent his word He sent his word out ahead and he healed them. Turn over to Proverbs chapter four. I changed my message. They all have my uh, scriptures for something else. So as they're, I threw them a curveball this morning. Proverbs chapter four, he says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to all who find them and health to all their flesh. Say that with me. For they are life to those who find them. You can go ahead and say that. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Say it again. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Say it one more time. For they are life to all who find them and health to all their flesh. Come on, he's talking about the word of God. He said, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So I want to just take a couple of moments to to bring really an encapsulation to this as we believe God. He knows the beginning from the end. He sent his word and he healed them. And so often we're waiting and we're walking through life and something attacks our life. I'll probably major on on healing a little bit this morning, but it's whatever we come in contact with, our trouble that we, we walk into. And so often we walk into trouble not having really embraced the word of God or really obeyed what God has said in his word for us. And we run into trouble and then we're immediately looking for scripture that pertains to that trouble. And we're really scrambling at that moment to embrace that. And again, if if we're in that position, thank God for the word of God. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God when we embrace that and and we look at the, whether it's healing scriptures or scriptures about uh, 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 freedom or liberty or whatever it is, thank God for that. Don't, Don't throw that out with what I'm saying today, but I'm trying to prepare us as we move forward and we come. It says he sent his word and he healed them. And so when we begin to look at the word of God, there's so many things in the word of God that he's really looking to us and when he, he tells us to really not hold an offense towards anyone. When he tells us to rejoice in the Lord always, somebody say always. always. Rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say rejoice. When he says be anxious for nothing, But in prayer, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When he says, get wisdom. Wisdom is the primary thing. Get wisdom. And with wisdom, get understanding. And we look at that and we go, that's awesome. But he sent his word and he healed them. He sent his word and he healed them. 
And so as we're beginning to look at that, and he says, embrace this word of God, because this word of God is life, and it's health, and it's strength. And so as we read the word of God, and he says, Jesus says, you know what? Forgive, even as I have forgiven you. He says to pray that God would forgive your trespasses, even as you have forgiven others. And so he puts that in there. And then we we can go to medical science and we can begin to look at medical science. And medical science will tell us this, that when somebody gets caught in bitterness and unforgiveness, it begins to open doors and work on their physical bodies. There's a number of ailments, sicknesses, and diseases that they trace back to bitterness and unforgiveness. He says to us, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice always. We can go to medical science and begin to see that many sicknesses and many diseases, their source is depression, grief, and sadness. Come on. When he says give, Give out of a resource of abundance of your heart with all that I have bestowed upon you. Not just financially, give and it shall be given unto you. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Love and it'll be returned back to you. With the same measure you meet, it'll always be measured back to you. You can go to medical science and somebody who's stingy and closed in and selfish, there's a root cause of sickness and disease and ailment that attacks a human body in that place. So he sends his word out in front to heal us. When he says forgive, he's not just saying, you know what, I need you to just be vulnerable and be run over by people who will take advantage of you. No, he's looking down and he knows that if you get in unforgiveness and bitterness, the door for sickness and disease is open to you. So he says, if you'll obey my word, I've sent my word, that if you'll obey my word, you'll close the door and healing will flow in your body. Anxiety and stress is connected to many forms of sickness and disease. Many forms of sickness and disease. He said, I sent my word out ahead and told you, don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But seek first the kingdom of God. When, it, when anxiety comes, choose to not be anxious, but to pray so that peace will come upon you. What's he saying? He's saying there's an avenue that the enemy comes to attack your body, and it's through anxiety and stress. And so I've sent my word and told you, don't be anxious, but pray. And if you'll obey my word, there's healing. Why? Not just because it's going to overwhelm whatever sickness you have. It's going to close the door where anxiety and stress leave an open door. Amen. He sent his word to heal. Amen. Not because we're sick at the moment, But because if we don't obey the word, we've opened the avenue for the enemy to attack our bodies. When he says rejoice, well, I just don't feel like rejoicing. I just don't feel like it. I don't know why God wants me to rejoice. I don't even feel like rejoicing. But they've already proved by medical science. They now have laugh therapy. They think they're so smart. God had it from the very beginning. Come on, he said a merry heart does good like a medicine. He sent his word to heal you. He said a merry heart does good like a medicine. Well, yeah, but I don't feel like it. Do you feel like being well? You might not feel like rejoicing, but you certainly feel like being well. And those connections have to be made. 
Because so often we're short-sighted. I need something right now. And God says, what I want to give you in my word, if you'll obey it right now, will guard and protect you all the days of your life. Come on, we have the knowledge that Jesus, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. And we lay claim to that. We know that he is the Lord that heals us. But he also sent his word that we would obey his word. And in obeying his word, we begin to understand that, listen, God has my best interests at heart every day, all the time, and in every way. And even though the enemy has a strategy against you and he will send people to to not be nice to you or, or to abuse you or not give you your just due, the enemy will set you up because he'll pull on some things. Why? Because he's looking to see how we respond and whether or not we'll open a door in that situation. But when we stand and we rejoice, even when the moment doesn't dictate rejoicing, but we rejoice, God rides on that place and he says, I'll close the door to the strategy that the enemy has for your life. When he says, forgive, and you say, listen, I just can't forgive them. He says, listen, I'm trying to bring healing, not just now, but in the future. Because many of these things are showing up because there's something that has been working And we've been disregarding those words that he sent to heal us. Come on, this is one perspective that I believe some people, it'll it'll bless you to know. You can't put it all in one package, otherwise you'll go, oh, so then is, uh, (laughs) and that's what the enemy wants you to do is be confused. But I'm just saying from this place where we say we have faith in God, We're not living from moment or situation to situation. But when we begin to apply his word and know that what I apply today, when I forgive, it takes care of the past situation that brought that hurt. It takes care of my present in the fact that I am free from that and I've been released from all that. But it takes care of my future because it closes the door to any attack that the enemy wants to gain in my life, in my body, in my mind through that offense. Well, things come down on us and they really weigh on us and try to get us depressed and compressed into such a place that we're either depressed or have anxiety. And God says, you know what? When you rejoice, you not only break that situation that's happening, but now you're rejoicing right now. You're giving free place to an expression of the life of God that is within you. And not only are you doing something now, but you're closing the door on the enemy and his access into your mind, into your thoughts, into your body by rejoicing. He sent his word to heal you. So I don't need healing right now. No, but there's things that the enemy is doing to create inroads that by virtue of his word and obeying his word, we close the door to the enemy. And he begins to restore and to bring about for our future health, our future well-being, our future soundness of mind today, something that we should act upon that will close the door concerning the enemy into our future. So, well, what if I'm dealing with something right now? Well, thank God he's the healer. There's supernatural healing. At the same time, when there's supernatural healing available, we look at his word and we say, I'm letting go of all that. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to take his word. I'm going to apply that word. Why? Because I believe it. And I believe that God is good and I believe that he's right all the time and I believe he has my best interest at heart. And so when he says it, I believe it. And I don't just say I believe that. I mentally ascend to saying that's cool. I believe it. But I believe it down to the point that I will obey it. Whether I feel like it or not, whether I see the end result or not, I believe God has my future and my best interest at heart. So I will obey his word and I will do what he said to do. I'll flee sexual immorality. 
Because a man that's involved in sexual immorality sins against his own body. Well, I don't know why I have to do that. Because there's things down the road that will affect your body. So whatever, I made those mistakes and I'm here. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. The application of the blood. That's in his word. To come and to confess. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And then we stand with grace to say, now, what I couldn't forgive and open the door, I forgive. Where I couldn't rejoice, now I can rejoice. Where I couldn't give, now I'll give. Where I didn't have wisdom to move forward, I draw on God's wisdom to make the decisions in faith that I need to make. Because he sent his word with a divine purpose. And that was to heal me and deliver me from all my trouble, my distress. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify you. God, we thank you for your word. It's you speaking to us. As Brother John Osteen always would say, and Son Joel starts with, it's your word speaking to me. I have what your word says I can have. I can be all your word says I can be. I can do all your word says I can do. I can have all your word says I can have. I thank you that this which we hold is your word, the holy written word of God. As we take today and consider that we've been here, we've listened to some things, but your word, you speaking to us, the God that we believe in that created the heavens and the earth and everything that in them is, the God who loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. Jesus, God in the flesh, paid the price for our sin that we might be delivered from that sin and live in a newness of life. God, the Holy Spirit living in us, empowering us to live free from sin that we might conduct our lives in such a way that is pleasing in your sight. We have your word, your instruction, your power, your grace, and your mercy. And in that, we close the door to the death, the destruction, the trouble that the enemy would endeavor to bring. It still comes, but it finds no place in us. Because in us is the word that brings health and strength and wisdom and power to rise up. God, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're watching us today online, if you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. This is really the beginning of obeying his word and really seeing a transformation in every part of your life come to pass, that you recognize that God loves you so much and whatever sin was doing to control your life and to lead you away from God or to keep you from a deep intimacy with God. He said, if you'll accept the sacrifice that I made for you through Jesus Christ, accept that and turn your heart over to me and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I raised him from the dead for that very purpose that you could be forgiven and justified, made righteous, now enter into a relationship by which you walk with him in intimacy. You obey his word and he begins to move through that word, create avenues of health and healing and strength through your body. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you're watching this morning, never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You may have gone to church all of your life, but you never made that place to say right now, I know about Jesus. I know what he did. I've just been going to church, but I know right now I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I went to church all of my life. When I was 15 years old, I realized, you know what? I have never in all that time made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. When I made that decision, changed my life forever. It's not just a mental ascent or church attendance. It's something that you do from your heart. You say, I'm turning, I'm, I'm turning from my way. I'm letting my things down and I'm asking you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. If you're here this morning, you've never made that decision. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day that you leave the past behind and all of the regrets and all of the mistakes behind 
He says that any man that be in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. And now everything is a God who has reconciled us to himself. If you just raise your hand high, I want to pray with you this morning. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, anybody at all, I don't want to miss this time. Anybody who may be watching, say, this is my day. Take just a moment. Not take for granted that we know everyone here. The condition of your heart before God. Praise the Lord. If you're watching, we want to pray this prayer. Let's all pray this together. If perchance somebody's watching, you know, last week we had people uh, logging in and saying, I gave my heart to Jesus today. Great Easter Sunday, I gave my heart to Jesus. So there's people, their lives are being transformed just even through live streams. So let's all pray this together. If you're watching this morning, you say, today's my day. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to just receive that word and the healing that that word brings concerning Jesus, making Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to receive that today. Let's all pray. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning ready to lay my life down my way of doing things down. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. God, that you raised him from the dead so that I could be justified, forgiven, made righteous. So this morning, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sin, and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me making me whole, making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, go online. Uh, go to the share your story button. We'd love to know that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and send you a gift that will help you begin your journey in relationship with him. Amen. Say this, we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me?